Hey guys, so I was originally going to do this as one video, but OBS Studio decided to kind of conk out on me, or it was taking its time and basically rendering or something. I don't know what was going on. It was like stopping and stop. it said stopping, you know, recording, but it just kept recording, so I don't know what was going on. It's just it's weird, but anyway, I thought I figured I might as well do it here. It's going to be like a regular playlist, so you guys can check it out and all that but with that said I am gonna let you guys know where to find me because I was mentioning this and I was mentioning this um, at, at the intro and everything and unfortunately some of the place, places you can some of the places you can find me I cannot list here I mean I could but it'll get me in trouble again and I don't need to get in trouble so first of all most of what you see listed in the description um, area, that's where you can find me. And you can also go to the About section here on my channel. Go to the About section, and you'll see the information when you scroll down. You'll see it there as well. But I am on, uh, I am on Spotify, you know, for my podcast, video and audio. So you'll get the, the best of both mediums there, or both medias. So I'm on there. And that's at BW Rosas Discussions. The link is in the description. Um, I also have my Teespring store. Link is in the description. Um, I'm also on Patreon.com. Link in the description. And I'm on Twitch.tv at BW Rosas. Link in the description. Uh, the places that I won't link right now, but I will tell you I'm at, is InkBunny.net slash BWRosis, you can find me there. Uh, Divanot.com slash BVW1979, you can find me there. Archiveofourown.org, archiveofourown.org, all one word, uh, at BWRosis98, and you can find me at Vimo as well. In fact, my Vimo link should be in the About section. Uh, as well, when you scroll down, it's right there. Uh, as well, if you want to check me out at Vimo, and it's B.W. Roses. It's basically the same B.W. Roses name here on YouTube, but at Vimo. So you can find it there um, as well. But yeah, those are the outlets to find me in. Because, um, like I've mentioned before, I am going to be starting work soon at Kohl's, my sister's job. One of the, the Kohl's Distributing Center uh, here in Patterson. Or in Patterson, I should say, um, starting uh, this Monday. So I'll see what they have in store for me there and everything. But, you know, it's only a, a temporary deal as of right now it is. It's a seasonal job and all that for right now. So we'll see what happens after that. But I'm letting you know where to find me and support me at because in case something does happen, I will have some financial backing and everything. Uh, Twitch.tv is it's kind of uh, different, if you will, because I wouldn't say different, but it does have requirements you got to meet and everything. So if you guys can help me out there, it'd be greatly appreciated. And um, really, that's all I can say on that. But yeah, those are the areas to find me. Like I said, most of them are listed in the description. Some of them are also listed in the About section when you click on uh, my channel page and all that to... Um, 
you know, to see what else I have, just scroll down and you should see it there. But like I said, some of them I can't really link to because I don't want to risk anything um, as well. But yeah, those are the areas to find me and support me at. And uh, yeah, let's just uh, get on with the topics that we're going to be talking about. And it will be in playlist form, guys. We might even put it in a podcast playlist film form. But well, with that said, let's get on with uh, the topics, shall we? All right, so the topics we're going to talk about in individual videos as a playlist are number one, the Atari making a comeback at the 2600 plus. That's right, Atari 2600 making a comeback at the 2600 plus. Uh, number two, that's the first topic. The second topic, both actors and writers strikes to extend to the start of 2024. Number three, we will talk about Hasbro leaking spoilers of Chapter 5 of My Little Pony Make Your Mark. Number four, we'll talk about Tammy Sunny Stinch, or Stinch, facing possibly up to 25 years in prison. Number five, we're talking about, we'll talk about why public domain is important to fanfics. And number six, how to upload videos on YouTube using hashtags when it comes to quote-unquote family videos. So those are the topics we're going to discuss here. So without further ado, guys, let's get going. All right, so the first topic we're going to talk about is the news that dropped today that Atari 2600 is making a comeback at the 2600 Plus. Now, we had heard news uh, for months that Atari was thinking of bringing out, or at least planning to bring out, a new VCS, a new video game, a new video computer system, video game computer system, if you will. But we did not know what it was going to be like. Obviously, they had plans to do something more with modern games or something. But then I guess they decided, now nah, let's just go the route that's more uh, hip right now. That's the nostalgic route. And they decided they were going to bring back, resurrect, excuse me, the classic 2600. Now, what's interesting about this is it's going to have HDMI output, which is good. It's still going to have the two-player compatibility. And from what I've read, from what I've read, um, even the older Atari controllers from the originals, like the paddles and the original controllers, and I'm, a, I'm assuming, I'm assuming maybe the eight bat, the eight. The eight ball track or the eight track ball controller, if it, I think there is one for the 2600, those will all be compatible with the new system. That's right, all of them will be compatible with the new system. Now, the pack in game apparently is going to be a 10 in one uh, cartridge. You heard me right, cartridge. And it's going to have 10 of the classic Atari games. Games that uh, basically it's going to have the first launch titles for the Atari. Now, what's interesting is they do advertise, they do advertise that games like this, which, in, which is an Atari 2600 game, will be compatible as well. But it's not just these games that will be compatible. They even say that 7800 games will be compatible um, as well. So, 
7,800 games. Like, let's see. I think I got one in here. Yeah, I do. Uh, here it is. Dig Dug will be compatible. Like, the 7,800 version of Dig Dug will be compatible. So, basically, uh, basically, it is an inverse compatibility, um, if you will, inverse compatibility for uh, for the system. Basically, when the 7800 came out, it was backwards compatible with the uh, 2600 games. So now you're going to get the opposite of that with the new 2600 plus is going to be backwards compatible with 78s. Now, it's also going to have a new controller. Uh, basically, it's going to be a controller that's identical to the original. Let's be honest. They're pretty much it's the same controller, uh, identical to the original and everything. So I'm just looking down here to see if I can find it. I think I may have it packed away. But it's going to be it's basically the same controller, but it's got like a 360-plus move or something like that. I'm not really sure. So they got that in store. They got that in mind. Now, what makes this an interesting uh, announcement by Atari is, that, you know, they say it's going to play all the original cartridges. It's going to play, you know, the 7800 cartridges and everything. And that's good. But the question, obviously, people have is, is it going to be straight from the cartridge or is it going to be emulation? Because we know that with Hyperkin, when they brought out the Retron 77, just like they did with the Retron 5, you know, those were mostly, they were mostly emulation. Mostly what these systems down here were, you know, like, like this one here, and there goes the controller right there. Don't want that to get damaged. But like, let's say this one here, I don't know if you could see it. This one here, this is the, um, the 7800 that I'm pointing at. I don't know if you can see that. Right. Gotta make sure you can see that. Yeah, but this one right here, this seventy-eight, this Retron seventy-seven. You know, excuse me, sorry, but that right there, this Retron seventy-seven, if you will, just like the Retron five by uh, Hyperkin, was mostly emulation. It basically what it did. What it did mostly. Is it took the cartridge, if you will, it took the cartridge, and instead of playing right off the cartridge, it ripped the information, and the cartridge was just there for like, uh, it was just there for like decoration, for aesthetics, if you will. And basically, it ripped off, it ripped the information off the cartridge itself to where, you know, the reason you would get like a crisp, clean image is it was basically ripping it from the system to, or ripping it from the cart to the system, and all you were really getting was an emulation. You were getting kind of an emulation version of the cartridge. Like you weren't playing off the physical cartridge itself. I know that sounds kind of strange, but it's true. You know, it's kind of like with, it's like with this system right here, uh, the Super Retro Trio uh, 3 Plus, the, the Super Retro Trio Plus, um, if you will. The Super Retro Trio Plus, the difference with that is it actually lets you play the games right off the disc. There's no emulation. It's HDMI, and you know, it's HDMI and everything, but it plays right off 
the, the cartridge, not the disk, but the cartridge. So you don't have to worry about, oh, is it ripping the information and putting it onto the system? No. The Retron Plus allows you to play it right off the cartridge, just like it's supposed to be. So in other words, so in other words, I could take, let's say, Aladdin here, Aladdin here, and, you know, play it, you know, as it's meant to be, right off the cartridge. Well, if I was to play that on the Retron 5, the Retron 5 would just rip off, I'll just rip the information off the cartridge and turn it into emulation, and that's it. You know, and we're talking the kind of emulation that basically you could store on something like this, or even an SD card. That kind of emulation. It just rips the ROM right off of there. So that's the big question they have. Is it? Is it? Is the Atari 2600 Plus, is it going to be like that? Is it going to be an emulation machine, you know, and everything where it basically rips the information off the cart, you know, and everything, and the cartridge is just there for a decoration, you know, while you're playing an emulation version of the game? Or is it going to do what RetroBit did uh, with the Super Retron Trio and Trio Plus and allow you to play it straight off the cartridge? We'll have to see. We'll have to see because, you know, if it, because if it does allow you to do it, then that, and because if it does allow you, I should say, uh, to do that, and everything if it allows you to do that, then that's sending a message. That's sending a message from Atari to Nintendo, Sega, you know, uh, Hudson Soft, which is owned by Konami, I think now. It sends a message to them of, hey, if we could do this, you can do it. So I would not I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if that happens. You know, I would not be surprised if that happens. If Nintendo and Sega and Konami's with you know Turbo Graphics and all that, you know, if what Atari is doing is you know allowing people to play straight off the cartridge, I would not be surprised if they uh, follow suit and everything down the line. I do apologize for that little transition pause there I was just kind of thinking about what I was going to say as well so as well as I got to get things ready here because my mom's going to be coming home in a little bit but uh, anyway anyway overall though my thoughts on on the system as I you know I think it's good I think it's a good I think it's a nice little novelty system for the holidays uh, you know for people like me that that grew up on it and stuff so you know I, I, I look forward to um, you know, I look forward to probably getting my hands on it. It comes out November, I think, 17th, I believe, of this year, just in time for the holidays. So I'm looking forward to getting it, uh, you know, and, and playing it and all that. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what, we'll see what it brings to the table and everything. But, you know, it is a nice little, um, like I said, a nice little, uh, you know, return to something that I grew up on, my family grew up on. I mean, we owned the Atari 2600 when I was a kid. So to get it back, the to get it back in some capacity, I think it's going to be really great. I mean, it's got the switches on top, switches on top, all very, are basically the same switches as before. I mean, you even have a color, you know, you, you even have a toggle switch to go from color to B and W, black and white, if you will. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, what we get with this. And that's all I can really say. That's all I can really say. So that's it for this topic. 
And this first video on the topics of my playlist English for today and on to the next one. But give me your thoughts on what you think about the Atari 2600. So the second topic we're going to talk about here, hopefully get a second chance at this, is the actors and writers strike possibly extending into 2024. Now, we have heard recently that they have both, all sides have finally decided to talk again. You'll come to the table and try to work something out. But there's reports going out, going around that if something is not worked out between both sides, all sides, I should say, if something is not worked out between all sides, then there's a possibility that this, you know, you know, this strike could last up until the beginning of next year, 2024. And if that happens, that's not a good sign for Hollywood. That's not a good sign for the, you know, the, the guilds. That's not a good sign for the studios. You know, that's not a good sign for anybody overall. So to me, you know, somebody, something has to be done where they will meet in a middle ground to where they will find something to agree upon in the middle. Something has to be done. But, you know, we'll have to see because if these rumors, you know, if these rumors are to, you know, be believed, you know, if these rumors are to be believed that the strike could extend that far, then, you know, obviously nobody is truly listening to what the other is saying, even with these current meetings. But hopefully, before Labor Day, maybe after Labor Day, but hopefully before the holiday starts, the holiday season starts, things will, uh, things will change. Things will you know, change for the better. I mean, I do know that uh, apparently the studios are still going to be, um, I guess you could say, holding on to the fact that if they don't get something worked out with the writers, that the writers out of both guilds, both them and the Actors Guild, the Writers Guild will be more expendable you know, and more workable of like, okay, you're losing, you're, you're losing on your, you're falling behind on your bills and your mortgage and all that. Come on, let's talk, you know, just accept what we have so you can save face. You know, I know a lot of studios from what we have heard still are looking at that as an option, but it's an option apparently, whether you believe it or not, you know, they don't want to go down. They don't want to go down uh, whatsoever. You know, so whatever, they work out, you know, in the near future, hopefully it will be something that they can meet in the middle about and be done with. You know, like, you know, they get, like, basically the actors and the writers, you know, they get what they want, you know, they get what they want, um, but also at the same time, you know, the, the studios, the AMPTP, they get what they want and just move on to see what they can take care of, see what they can work on uh, in the near future. But... Honestly, if nothing does get worked out, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be probably the, you know, this is going to probably be the blackest, the, the blackest moment in Hollywood if it has to extend and be concluded at the beginning of next year. Because, you know, you're taking, you're sacrificing all these projects, you know, in the process because you, because, you know, you don't want to work something out. It's like, you don't want to come to an, an agreement. I mean, also the fact that you're affecting those that also depend on this, like directors and producers, you know, you're affecting them by extension, all because, you know, you don't want to be in a middle ground. Now, I think honestly what's going on here, I think honestly what's going on, in my opinion, why I believe that the all sides want to finally meet 
is one, the studios are filling the financial, af the, the financial aftermath of this strike, or the effect, not, not aftermath, but the financial effects, you know, uh, of the strike, you know, basically they're losing money. They're feeling it now. And as far as the actors and the writers go, I think it's because of jealousy. And the reason I think it's because of jealousy is because they see the fellow writers and actors getting these, uh, these go-aheads to continue working for these independent studios outside of the AMPTP, like A24, and they're getting envious. They're getting mad, like, oh, they could still work and all that, but we can't because we got to do this. And I think that's what's bringing them to the table as well. You know, it's you know, it's bringing them to you know them seeing the you know the colleagues doing this instead of standing by the standing with them side by side. I think that's what's in. I think that's what's motivating them to to meet with the AMPTP and the studios. You know, while at the same time, you know, seeing the financial effects of what's going on is causing the studios to want to meet. You know, with uh, with the guild. So hopefully, like I said, before the year is out and hopefully before the holiday season, you know, we'll get something worked out between all sides. Because if not, and the rumors and speculation that this could go into the beginning of 2024, again, like I said, that's not a good sign for anybody involved whatsoever. You know, it's not. But let me know what your thoughts are. And that's going to do it for our second topic here. Now on to number uh, three in the top. So Hasbro, and this is our number three topic, Hasbro has decided to kind of, I guess you could say, join the leakage brigade, if you will, by basically releasing a music video called Main Family to help promote Chapter 5 of My Little Pony, Make Your Mark on Netflix, which comes out September 18th. And apparently, in the video, there are some spoilers. And those spoilers, which I'll provide a thumbnail for one of them, just to let you know. Or maybe I won't. I'll just link you to them or something. But those spoilers show that Misty Bright Dawn is the daughter of Alphaba Little. That's right. The same... Unicorn, the same leader of the unicorns from generation, the new generation, the movie, as well as the current love interest of uh, Queen Haven, you know, Pip and Zip's mother. But yeah, apparently, you know, that, that right there is the spoiler that's gotten people talking, along with some other images as well, like Argyle's being, sh you know, showing back up in a flashback and stuff. But that's the big one. That's the big takeaway. Uh, right there and it's got people talking because a lot of people wondering where did this come from were the episodes released early what's going on and only to find only to find out that the ones that spoiled it for them was Hasbro themselves so yeah this is uh <laughs> this is kind of weird to even you know fathom that Hasbro themselves are the ones that decided hey we're gonna spoil you know, chapter five by doing this, you know. And, and it's not the first time that this has happened. I mean, when My Little Pony the movie, the uh, 2017 film, which I have the poster of right here, the 2017 film, you know, 
before it even came out or before it even got leaked online because somebody found, got a file and leaked it online and everything. Uh, Sia's uh, uh, song, Rainbow, got a music video. And in the music video, it pretty much spoiled some of the main areas, the main plot points of the, uh, of the movie. So it's not the first time this has happened, but it is something that, you know, it's got a lot of fans talking. It's got a lot of fans wondering, like, why would this happen? Why would Hasbro do this and all that? And that, that's just, I, I think what it is, and it's something that's always been done in this manner. It's just something that, you know, studios do because they want to get your interest peaked for what's in store. So if they show you, hey, this is going to happen. It's going to make you want to see exactly how it occurs and everything. So, you know, and it's also going to want to make you try to figure out, okay, what's the connection? How did this occur? How did Misty go from her dad, Alphabet Little, to opening? You know, it's going to make you wonder that kind of stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> Hasbro basically uh, has decided, like I said, to join the leakage brigade by leaking out footage and everything to the main family music video. Uh, to help promote Chapter 5 of uh, Make Your Mark. But let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know what your thoughts are on that. And that's going to do it for our third topic. And now we'll move on to topic number four. All right. So the fourth topic here is Tammy Lynn Finch, the former Sunny. And, you know, it is kind of sad to see where she's at right now because She's going to be possibly, come November, sentenced to face, or sentenced to 25 years in prison because of what she did last year. And she has had multiple, you know, multiple, multiple opportunities to clean up her act, and she has not. And what's crazy about it is Peacock has, can I guess they own, can I guess Universal, Comcast owns Reels channel or has a partnership with them? They own Reels channel. And they have acquired, basically through ownership or partnership with Reels, uh, basically the China Wrestling with Demons documentary. And it's one of the people that was interviewed, and this came out last year, and one of the people that got interviewed uh, for the documentary was Tammy Sinch. And what really pisses, I think, a lot of fans off when they see her on there because I think it came out around the same time, this whole situation that occurred to where, you know, she was driving without a license or driving with a suspended license, you know, in the state of Florida, DUI, all that. You know, I think what pisses people off is she comes on to this documentary and basically, basically says, you know, basically says that she talked to Joni China, if you will, before she passed, asking her to join her and asking her to come with her to her AAA meeting, her alcohol, al al Alcoholic Anonymous, or Alcohol Anonymous, if you will. And Joni China refused. And you listen to that, you hear her being the one saying, hey, I, I was telling her to, I was suggesting she come, asking her to come join me for a AA meeting, it's like, of all people that ask China, Joni, to come to a rehabilitation program, you know, with her, 
Oh, with, with um, the last person to do that is Tammy Cinch. And again, ironically, this all this comes out around the same time, almost the same time, what the situation that's landed her where she is right now occurred. And it's just sad to to see how far she's fallen. It really is. I mean, to me, I'm going to be honest with you, straight up. I think this whole situation with her, you know, going down the path that she did. I think this whole situation started when Chris Candido passed away, unfortunately. I think that's when it started. It's like it's, it's, she started to have the slow decline. She started to have the slow decline uh, mentally and physically. And, you know, it's just... It just went. It just was like a roller coaster. It's like at times she was okay, but then she would drop. Okay, drop. Okay, drop. You know that's what it was. It was a roller coaster. It's like she'd be up and okay, then she would drop down. And this time around, she dropped and descended, basically into a crashing formation. You know, basically there was no you know going up or anything. It was just straight down. And this is just sad. It's just sad for her because. You look at how she looked um, in 2007, at the end of 2007. You look at her when she got inducted in 2011, if you will, or 2009 and then 2011. I mean, 2011, she got inducted into Hall of Fame. 2009, she made it up here. I mean, you look at that and you're like, this can't be the same woman. This can't be the same woman, but yet the thumbnail tells you otherwise. The thumbnail tells you otherwise. And it's like, this... It's, a, it's like, to me, all this downward spiralness occurred, in my opinion, or just started to really, you know, you know, start to rear its ugly head on her after Candido's death. I, I honestly believe that. You cannot, you cannot tell me otherwise. You cannot tell me otherwise that that wasn't what, you know, started this whole situation. Because it did. It did. And again, you look at when they interviewed her, I don't know when it, when it was, like at the beginning of 2022, end of 2021, I don't know, when they interviewed her for the China documentary. It's like you look at her then, and then later on that year, what happened, it's like, you, you, again, it's like night and day. It's like night and day. It's like, you know, what is going on with this woman? It's like the interview, it's like she's okay, she's up, and everything, she's good. But then all of a sudden, it's like, straight down. It's like, is this, it's like, did this woman forget to take her suppressions? You know, like the medication she needs to, to not be so depressed and not be, you know, out there, you know, mentally? Did she forget her medication that she was recommended to take so she could be okay? Did she miss doctor appointments? You know, appointments with psychiatrists, physicists? You know, did she, you know, therapists, I should say? Did she miss all those? You know, what happened? What caused her? You know, to just finally go after getting so many opportunities uh, to try to redeem herself, to make herself better. What happened? I can tell you what happened. I can tell you what happen happened. It, I, I can tell you what happened, honestly. I think she felt, she, my opinion, she probably believed, hey, I'm cool, I'm good. You know, I'll just have one little drink of beer or one little drink of wine or uh, whiskey and I'll be okay. And then guess what? One drink turned into another and she just 
started to spiral down control, out of control. I think that's what happened. I, in my opinion, I think that's what happened. She probably felt, hey, I'm good. I'm rehabbed. I'm fine. I, 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 you know, one drink's not going to harm me. And guess what? It turned into multiple, I bet. I bet you anything it did. And that's what caused the downward spiral. That's what caused her to get into the situation she's in now. So, yeah, it is disappointing. It is disappointing and sad to know about that, to see that. And now she's on the verge of facing maybe 25 years maximum in prison. Now, they could cut it, cut it short. They could say it's 15 years with 10 years probation. They could say it's 15 with 10. It's, you know, who knows? Who knows? They could say it's 10, 10 years or 15 years probation. Who knows? You know, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But I guarantee you, she's going to end up getting an ankle bracelet put on her ankle, on both her ankles, if not both her wrists. A wrist bracelet, an ankle bracelet to keep an eye on her, just like what Jeff Hardy's wearing right now. I guarantee you that's what's going to happen, but it'll be more than just one uh, bracelet, ankle bracelet or whatever that she's going to have to wear to keep keep her in check. Even if she's, even when she's behind bars. Even if she's behind bars. So, so to me, it's just sad to see how far she's fallen. You know, here's the girl that was voted the most downloadable woman in AOL history, you know, at the start of the internet, you know, everything. It still is looked at that way to this day. It's like, you know, it's like you, you wonder to yourself, you ask yourself, where did it all go wrong? And in my opinion, I think it all began the moment Chris Candido unfortunately passed away that's when i think it happened but yeah it, it is sad it's just a sad state to to see this woman in and god willing she gets the help she needs even behind bars so let me know what your thoughts are on that fourth topic and let's move on to number five all right so number five i'm gonna make this real quick how public domain protects fanfics and Quite honestly, it does fall under what I said in my original audio video, that basically because, you know, uh, you basically write a story and everything, unless you let people know, hey, don't do the sequel or follow-ups, I'll do that and everything, people are still going to do it. People are going to do it no matter what, if you don't say something. Um, but again, what protects people like me from anything is the fact that the person that did the original you know, it falls under the category of, fan, uh, of uh, public domain in the fan works, fan fiction categories. And that's, it allows people to do whatever they want with it. Because one, the person that did the story does not own the IP characters that they feature in said story. Like in this case, it's Queen Alina Hitchhog from Sonic Underground and Alicia Acorn from Archie Sonic, both Sega characters by extension. So, you know, so basically, you know, that the original author doesn't own the rights, you know, to the characters. And I even said, look, you know, this happens in Hollywood in all kind of entertainment media all the time. You know, whether the, you know, you know, whether, you know, the original author and his team or writer and his team like it or not, it happens all the time. And why does it happen all the time? Because of the fact, you know, because of the fact that if a studio or uh, a company wants a continuation, but they can't get a hold of the original team, which consists of the writer, they'll hire somebody else up. And then either they'll explain to the writer, well, hey, we knew you were busy, so we did this. 
you know that, and then the writer, they make the writer and their team may come around and say, okay, fine, we're cool with that. We'll just work around it. Or, okay, we're cool with that. We'll just ignore it, though, and go with the way we originally planned it. You know, they could do that. They could do that. And to me, to me, that's as strange of a comparison as that sounds. That's kind of where this falls into comparison, but more so with public domain, because you can basically do whatever you want, want if you will, with public domain. I mean, look at the early works of Winnie the Pooh, early, you know, as of uh, earlier this year. If you know what I mean, take a look at that. As well as look at what's probably being planned from the early works of Mickey Mouse and all that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But honestly, you know, how public domain, you know, helps fan fix and fan works is basically it allows people to do what they want with the material, no matter what. You know, they they can pro they, if they want to, they can make money off it, or if they feel like it, they can you know, create, you know, a, a follow-up. You know, they can call it a follow-up to something, even even without discussing it with the original author, because the original author doesn't own the rights to said character. You know, so they can do what they want with it, kind of like with PAL comics, you know, because, you know, kind of like the way that some people describe PAL comics could get away with what they're doing, you know, because of public domain and stuff. But to me, in short, guys, that is why... You know, public, how, that is why public domain is important, you know, and beneficial to fanfics. And now, after I let this battery charge, we'll be on to our third, I mean, not third, but our sixth and final topic. Hopefully later on. Hey guys, so our next and final topic, and I told you it might be, kind of hinted it might be a little later because you can tell by the light in this room, is how to upload videos on YouTube using hashtags when it comes to quote-unquote family videos and the reason I bring that up mainly is due to the fact that for a lot of us YouTube places like YouTube Facebook uh, Dailymotion Vimo you know and several others uh, you know they basically you know have options to where you can upload content with those photos videos uh, gifts if you will and make them either public or private or unlisted or basically just for certain groups of people like on Facebook for friends or Pacific friends or whatever you know here on YouTube you got public private unlisted members you name it but here's the thing you know what here's the thing one of the things you could do with YouTube honestly and just like with Facebook is you can you can kind of get around certain things even Twitter Twitter X, if you will, is kind of the same way. And what you have to do basically is upload the video and just use certain hashtags. Because when you use certain hashtags, even if it's a family video, you know, it'll kind of put that family video into the mixture, into the into the mixture, into the melting pot, the mixture pot, if you will, with all the other videos that fall into the same category. And some of these videos could be, you know, some that, you know, are in the thousands, you know, they're in the thousands, they're in the millions, if you will, that follow the certain hashtags. Now, here's the thing. Could, now here's the thing. Could basically, you know, uh, 
you have could you have family members maybe find out what you uploaded and then ask you to take it off yes you could take it off if they ask you to or you can make it private that way nobody else sees it except for you and your family you could do that or you can unlist it you know different options but if you want to make it public and you want to make money off it even if you know with or without copyrighted music or music that's public domain or whatever then best the best chance you got in my opinion is just to hashtag it with words that are you know kind of related to the video of that you're uploading you know whether you know whether it's a family whether it's a family gathering of any kind holiday you name it you know you have the opportunity to do that and, and I know I know some people would you know, I know some people would point out that families already do that, and they, and they do. They do that on YouTube as well as other places. They do. But the thing is, there are some families that are more like, well, I don't want it to be out there and stuff of what we're doing. And that is true. But if you know, basically, that you, but if you know from experience as a YouTuber or a video uploader that they do this kind of stuff, then all you have to do is find a way around it. And the best way around it is to use certain hashtags to ensure that you, you, my friend, basically are able to get that up there for people to see, but make sure that it's done in a way to where it gets lost in the shuffle, it gets lost in the mixture, the melting pot, if you will. So my advice, basically, long story short, that if you want to try to upload family content or family videos, of let's say graduation, birthdays, weddings, holidays, reunions. You know, the best thing to do, the best thing to do is just to upload them, but to use certain hashtags and put them under different different titles. You know, you don't have to be discreet. All you have to be is just like here's such and such, you know, wedding or such and such event or reunion and that's it. That's all you have to say. That's all you have to do. And once you do that, you should be good to go. You should be good to go. But that's just my advice. My advice. I basically, on how, you know, my advice on this topic, I should say, on how to upload videos using hashtag when it comes to family videos. Basically, this is the best way to get around it. You know what I mean? The best way is the the best way, and, and, and to me, it's the safest way. Because again, it, you know, the stuff gets lost in the shuffle, and once it gets lost in the shuffle, you know, among the thousands, if now millions of other videos that fall under the same hashtags, you know, it gets harder for them to detect, and that's about it. But that's just how how I see it, how it, how I feel it can be done and done successfully. And that's going to do it for this playlist edition. I might put them together. What I'm probably going to do is wait for them to be all uploaded. And then I'll probably piece them together as one video um, as time goes on and everything. But yeah, that's going to do it for this edition of Topics on My Mind, playlist edition, and potentially full video edition. Be on the lookout for that if it happens. Uh, but give me your thoughts overall, guys, on some of the topics I've mentioned here. What are your thoughts on each of them? I'd love to hear from each and every one of you on it. 
And if I piece this together, you will get it on my BWS This Guy Sucks podcast, which I did talk about earlier uh, today, uh, earlier at the beginning. So, just, uh, so again, just wanted to do this and uh, let you all know about certain topics that are on my mind and everything. And until then, I will talk to you all later. You all have a good day.